0: Hey everybody, welcome. My name is Nyla and you are listening to Greener Thoughts. Thank you so much for tuning in. Of course, Greener Thoughts is the podcast about environmental news, commentary, environmental facts, and as always, other things that you'd like to know. Today's topic is about a new sick trio of viruses that are affecting endangered salmon populations. The podcast Greener Thoughts is produced every Sunday and Thursday. Please be sure to favorite, also review, and lastly, share Greener Thoughts. And the last thing that you can do is be sure to contact Greener Thoughts by voice message. I always love voice messages. And uh, how to do that is that you can look forward to the info in the podcast description and also every episode show notes. Or you can always send an email to Podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start off with the first segment because there isn't any uh, pending announcements or anything and it's of course another news which is where I give you a quick dose of what's happening in today's world. So the first headline for you all is that Hurricane Dorian is strengthened uh, to a Category 3 hurricane and the death toll climbs to 20 in the Bahamas uh, alone. So that was found on Huffington Post, a.k.a. HuffPost in the Environment section. The uh, next headline is that Ireland will plant 440 million trees by 2040 to combat climate change, and that was found on Huffington Post, aka um, Huff Post, as it's otherwise known, um, in its environment section as well. And uh, it actually came about because Ireland wanted to do things differently and transition to have. Um, the goal of net zero uh, carbon emissions by 2050. So it's a big goal and it's an ambitious goal um, in my view. And um, their plan and initiative of this feat um, has recently, you know, faced some opposition from people like farmers who will think that um, setting aside this uh, target really is really too ambitious in some ways. And um, they'll need to convince um, uh, or need to be convinced to set aside their land for the trees and um, excess and everything needed in the space uh, to meet the government's target. So, farmers aren't really on board with the plan, but Ireland has its eyes set on achieving um, planting those 440 million um, trees by 2040. Uh, the government also uh, wants everyone to know that it's doing this to also protect their economy, and to you know stave off some of the worst uh, effects of climate change. So very ambitious. And um, the third and last headline for you all is that uh, pipeline companies actually seize the land rights with eminent domain. Um, in a recent um, case going on. So this was found um, on the Society of Environmental Journalists site via suddenlymag.org. And um, there was a recent um, company, um, Energy Transfer Partners, the company, and they were claiming eminent domain, which is a power that the governments or governments use to seize private property for public benefit, um, whether it, you know, meet resistance, um, or not. And so, um, it's really slated to take hold of about 163, uh, mile long of the Bayou bridge pipeline and take over that and, uh, take all the land that they need to or want to in order to, uh, make their project, um, uh, and, and have their project exist. And, um, the project really is expected to speed up after, um, Trump has removed, you know, the barriers to um, creating pipelines and to streamline that process. So, unfortunately, um, unless something is done, then this pipeline uh, will be um, enforced and made very soon. So, um, today's news comes from Environmental News Network. It's a really great site. I love going to. um, It's otherwise known as enn.com for you all. And I wanted to get into the reason of why I I wanted to talk about this um, topic specifically because I'm a salmon girl. I love um, fish. I love um, seafood. Period. You know, I'm a Marylander. um, Was pescatarian for about two years. And I I want to go back towards that route mainly, um, if I could, um, probably will really soon. Anyway, um, I love Salmon and I know that there are different, I didn't know that, that there were different types before, um, getting into researching a little bit about this, um, podcast episode. So I wanted to know if maybe other people out there were interested too. So, um, you know, there's probably someone out there in the, you know, Um, world out there that may want to know more about salmon because they eat it probably regularly and so the main types that i eat are um king salmon and sockeye salmon and um sockeye salmon is one of the populations of of fish affected um but you know mainly those are what i eat but i didn't know also uh while looking at the story um an article the journal article that Um, fish could get diseases. I've never seen a diseased fish until I looked at the pictures in the journal article, and it was insanely horrific. Like, I'd never seen anything like it. Um, it would, it it would look like you would expect it to look like a speckled, uh, piece of, of, of colors on a fish, and it's kind of disturbing, even though the fish was dead. It was just a mess to look at, but... I figured this was uncommon knowledge, so why not dive deep into it and uh, explore this topic. Um, this, you know, podcast episode is especially for anyone who's a seafoodie and who loves fish especially and that's part of your diet, um, so this podcast episode will probably be essential for you to uh, have some uh, repeat listening to or to share to others who uh, have a big seafood diet. So I uh, entitled this um, news portion um, Some Salmon Not Safe because it's literally what we're going to be talking about. Um, Some salmon, not of course the tens of salmon that are around, um, but mainly the two endangered um, uh, salmon species um, that we're going to be looking at. So let's uh, get into the triple threat of the viruses. So these viruses uh, were uh, newly found and they were found, in, they were found and discovered in um, endangered Chinook and sockeye salmon populations. And the viruses are this interesting trio. So there's the arena virus, the real virus, and the nidovirus. Um, and these findings of um, these uh, viruses um, and research were from researchers. Um, from uh, UBC and the Fisheries and Oceans of Canada. So they went about um, DNA sequencing the fish, and they followed um, up on it by providing tests to the specific um, viruses. So each virus they tested and sequenced them, and they screened more than 6,000 salmon from all along the British Columbian coast And this included wild salmon, hatchery salmon, and also aquaculture fish. Um, And the arena virus, they sequenced it and revealed two different arena virus variants. So, two different uh, variants within the uh, virus itself. And those each, um, those variants, each infected uh, wild chinook and sockeye salmon. Now, um the new virus, one of the new uh, viruses um actually was detected more commonly in salmon hatcheries. So versus the other uh places where salmon were found, it was found more so or commonly in uh, the salmon hatcheries and infected more than 15% of all the hatchery uh chinook tested. Uh, so those uh, of those 16 of those 6,000 uh the percentage of chinook that were tested um, they were more commonly uh, known to find one of the viruses um, in those salmon hatcheries. And then um, another new virus uh, that was detected also uh, was found to be in 20% of the Chinook from uh, fish farms. And um, it was only found in uh, adult or sub-adult um, salmon. And um, in general, the new viruses were more commonly found in cultured fish populations in the wild, which makes sense because we all kind of fret over uh, farmed salmon and, and other types of salmon, but wild salmon wild uh, salmon, um, is definitely a go-to. It's, you know, the best, it's supposed to be the best, the most fresh, and so you really don't have any worries with wild salmon. But many people, um, you know, aren't on board with cultured fish populations, which I totally understand. Regarding um, the viruses, though, they were, of course, found in dead and dying salmon from farms. So uh, the viruses were um, first looked at in those dead and dying salmon um, populations. And then uh, also the researchers from UBC um, screened. Um, also farm salmon, like I said, hatchery salmon, and also wild salmon uh, for viruses as well. So uh, let's go on to who is at risk. So who is at risk for um, potentially getting these diseases? Thank goodness it's not human. So there's no real human risk um, in, let's say, contracting the viruses, but it's still creepy and frightening to think about. Like seriously, when I saw it, I was like, I'm I'm probably not going to be eating those types of salmon. Um, and if I catch anything uh, from any other salmon, that's when I definitely have cause to worry. But those um, three new diseases, those um, viruses they infect um, the respiratory functions of those fish. So their gills are mainly affected. So, you know, they can't breathe. And um, they really have a problem in that area. And um, overall, this has been a problem, this um, progression of the decline of Chinook and sockeye uh, salmon populations. They've been really having a hard time recuperating their numbers for, you know, over three decades. That's a long time. And... Uh, the fact that the, these new a series of viruses is affecting them is really cause for concern. And so those who are um, indigenous peoples, for example, or if you're a commercial fishery or you do fishing for recreational purposes and even are just a regular consumer, you're still at risk because this is affecting your uh, eating and partaking of the Chinook and sockeye salmon. Uh, population. So this is very, um, important information. So in general, no one is really safe and the Chinook and Sockeye salmon, um, fish and the populations are really, um, really hurting right now. Um, all in all, there's a lot of information and it's good information to learn about. And so if you're interested in learning about more of the information, um, that was talked about here. The journal article is um, entitled Endangered Wild Salmon Infected by Newly Discovered Viruses, and it's in the journal eLife, like as an electronic life, and it's really great because it's one of the um, journal articles, I think, in my opinion, that's easily accessible, and so you don't have to necessarily pay for certain parts of the article, and it's kind of streamlined so that you get all the best bits in there, the sources, of course, everything, and I will... Of course, link the research link in the show notes for you all to check it out further. The last thing I have is some quick quotables. So, um, Gideon Mordecai, he's a researcher at the UBC's Department of Earth, Ocean, and Atmospheric Sciences, and he stated, quote, We were surprised to find viruses which had never before been shown to infect fish, end quote. Very surprising there. Um, Like I said before, I didn't know that viruses couldn't infect fish. But the fact that these newly discovered ones did is exceedingly surprising um, every time I think about it. Because I've never before seen um, fish be sick, infected. Um, The next quote I have for y'all is um, from a UBC um, virologist. And his name is Curtis Suttle. And he actually said, quote, the research highlights the need for robust surveillance to improve our understanding of how viruses might impact the health of wild Pacific salmon populations, end quote. So um, I, I like this um, podcast episode, and I love the fact that I get to talk about fish and seafood type stuff, and so I think that this is really spectacular because um we all will know or at least know now that salmon is a part of a key, keystone species and so it's one of those like really important types of animals that kind of predict um the changes and see the changes in ecosystems. So whether you live in a climate or that's you know very ranged in far as far as its weather and uh, the animals that live there you live in a place that's kind of stable and there's not much change, there are animals that live there that can predict, um, you know, what's happening in a way because they sense something that's wrong or that's not really natural in their ecosystem. And if there's something wrong with the salmon, that's one of the big predictors that something is wrong. And what's wrong here is that there are, um, viruses newly discovered by researchers to be affecting salmon populations. Now, um, What's also important is that there are other fish to be um, grown and to live out in the wild and also, you know, to eat in small quantities. And I I wanted to know from the research whether um, we would transition into other types of fish because I didn't really see too much of that um, as far as uh, getting to a solution um, regarding other um, fish that could be maybe eaten or um, have their population sustained so that they can, you know, have a, a rebound or so that they can replenish themselves or we can um, maybe use them um, for good purposes, you know, for nourishment um, while the uh, various, salmon, uh, various uh, salmon populations rebound. Because I know that the Chinook and um, the Sockeye populations probably get eaten a lot as far as salmon, but there are other populations of salmon that are very important um as well and so um I kinda wanted them to explain a little bit of overfishing and other um factors that result in uh populations of salmon that are kind of decreasing because we all know that now um fish get sick and so viruses affect them. But um I wanted to learn more about um what other salmon populations are out there and how their numbers are either rising or dwindling and also comparing um other types of fish species and whether or not um we could eat them instead and kind of lay off the salmon at least for now um i i know that there's also information out there for you know many many um people to witness and learn about um you know about wild salmon versus farm salmon. And again, there are resources out there, plenty of um, journal articles and um, videos, books, all that. And so I think you can get a healthy mix of both, but beware of um, some of the key differences there, that farm salmon may not be made or produced sustainably. And you could be uh, opening yourself up to toxins and to all types of chemicals or inhumane processes um, when it comes to making that animal um, able to be eaten and served um, versus buying wild uh, salmon, which is you know certified sustainable. Um, and there are different uh, companies out there of the world who you know have all their uh, T's crossed and their eyes dotted, so they know what they're doing. Um, but it may cost you a little, a little penny or so, which is great. You know, it's it's not bad to eat well and to eat high quality because you know that the cost may be there, but it's worth it because it's your health, you know? Um, I know that um, it was scary for me to think about if, for example, the viruses were um, a danger to humans. I kind of thought about that, but as I started reading the uh, journal article, I was kind of like um, appeased and calmed down a little bit, it was really scary to think about because I love me some salmon and, um, the conditions that could affect humans, especially when it comes to their breathing, um, would be alarming if that were to happen. But we know now that those three new diseases, those, those viruses, um, those viruses really, um, they affect the, um, endangered, um, populations of the salmon and they affect their respiratory systems and their gills so uh, we as humans don't really have anything to worry about but it's still scary to think about. So um, last thing is a key takeaway which um, I think something really important that I wish that the research would have covered is how to uh, combat those viruses period like how do they end up in the um, bodies of these dead and decaying fish. Like, how did they just uh, surface there? Or even, even if they weren't dead and dec, in decaying, um, would those three new viruses have, have been swirling around in exclusively farmed, um, fish, or in all three of the populations that they uh, took data from, or was it introduced um, via someone else or something else? Like. There's so many questions and, uh, it's a really great research piece to read, uh, by the way. And, um, it was great to like understand and to see all the data and, um, it was informative. I really enjoyed, um, doing the research, um, with this and it has some really good information, um, packed into all that has to do with those, um, salmon populations we talked on and, um, Again, if you're all interested, you can definitely check it out. In the show notes, I will put all the information for the links there. But um, I will put some uh, resources together, um, of course, and I have that all coming up in the Mother Earth minutes for you all. Do you love Greener Thoughts? Supporting Greener Thoughts ensures more giveaways are available with even more exciting prizes, future Greener Thoughts merchandise, and surprises found only on Greener Thoughts. I greatly appreciate and love all of the listeners who have tuned in and who support Greener Thoughts by doing good for the planet. One of the many ways I would love your support is by clicking the second lower link in the description section of this episode. It's the direct support link for Greener Thoughts. So the Mother Earth Minutes is where we review in the next few minutes actions that you can, of course, take to combat the issue in the episode and, as always, save Mother Earth. Now, the issue um, for this podcast episode was mainly about finding these viruses um, in these salmon populations, in the Chinook, in the sockeye uh, salmon. So... I'm going to give you first a quick fact and then some tips that I think are really important and some of my favorite things to do when it comes to sort of um, balancing uh, eating seafood but mainly uh, choosing other options other than salmon so you could have that healthy balance uh, for yourself in your diet. So uh, a quick fact is that according to the um, Aquaculture Act, I found the info on SalmonFacts.com, farm salmon uh, must Uh, enjoy uh, good health during the course of their life and um, you know though you know what if you know what if something happened and the the tide was turned and so you weren't able to really eat some and that's kind of what I wanted to get at you know there's a few things that you can learn about and know about and I think one of the first things one of the first tips I have for you is that you can eat other types of fish That's right, you can eat trout, uh, cod, I love trout, Uh, halibut is good, flounder is really soft, Um, you can pull it apart, and mahi-mahi, especially stuffed, is amazing. I remember, I think Aldi used to have it frozen, this was like maybe more than five years ago or so, and it was in one of their special um, casings in the frozen um, food section. And uh, it was one of the best fish I had eaten in like forever. And uh, it's one of my favorite fishes to eat other than salmon, of course, even though salmon is like my top um, fish to eat. And so those are my favorite go-tos for uh, some variety, and you can have those um, other than salmon. The uh, second tip is that um, you can look up some more information. Um, Some things I suggest are looking into some video um, research. So um, there's a really great video called Disease and Pathogens in Wild and Farm Salmon. And it's a video from the Watershed Watch Salmon Society and they're based out of Canada. And so they're an organization that's mainly science-based. And they do bunches of charity work, and they do so to defend and rebuild um, British Columbia's Wild Salmon. And they have an awesome website. Uh, I've checked it out, and I'll give you the information in the show notes as well. You can check them out at um, watershedwatch.ca, and uh, also their video link, I'll put that in the show notes too. Uh, after the 30-minute um, uh, mark is where you'll start to see some of the information, more so the charts and the toxins and the varying levels in uh, farm salmon and wild salmon. So that's really interesting as well. Uh, the next uh, video um, is about um, how to maintain and have um, some of the s- sustainable seafood for yourself in your pescatarian diet or otherwise. And it's from Grist and uh, they're a, a well-known um, environmental site in my opinion and one of the best and they've been doing it for a long time and they recently posted a video about uh fish and they put down some really great information in there and so um, i can talk about a little bit of it so uh, they have the good fish category and the bad fish category so their good fish category is from uh, you pulling from u.s uh, fisheries and canadian fisheries and wild caught fish and uh, also uh, looking to get a uh, southeastern asian uh, fish and also fish from latin america sub-saharan africa um, and also having those those being farmed but only from certified sustainable um, farmed facilities only now the bad fish is uh caught only um or deemed to be caught only in southeast asia latin america and sub-saharan africa and it's farmed um but wild caught wild caught uh, that happens to be from uh, any of those regions is not to be trusted and also uh, uh, food um, seafood or um, fish flown from a plane is also not to be trusted mainly because of the carbon footprint so that's very important And if you'd like to cut down on your footprint, um, some more uh, seafood goodies are uh, sardines, herring, uh, mackerel, um, farmed shellfish like um, mussels and oysters and prawns, which are farmed exclusively, and sea urchins for anyone who's daring for those. And um, they noted a a few other things like that big fish should be a treat and should be a rarity and also to eat your veggies. That's the most important part. It's not all seafood. It's uh, veggies and you can also throw in some fruit there so you can tie it all together. Uh, I will also put that link uh, for that video in the show notes too. And then lastly, my third and last tip um, was looking for concrete research solutions. And uh, for that being more um, in-depth. And so um, regarding the journal article, it really wanted to survey um, and have a close eye and surveillance on um, the infections that are going forward, like for viruses and such. And um, they wanted to look at the salmon species that we talked about and uh, kind of process how beneficial it will be in the future to of course, observe the the, um, viruses going forward, which I felt like it was good to do that. Um, But I still want to know how those viruses could be uh, eliminated because that's a scary thought to think of. So the eco-fact of the day is that the remote Cocos Island in the Indian Ocean are covered by 413.6 million pieces of plastic debris weighing 262 tons. That fact was sourced from the Sierra Club Sierra Magazine in the September-October 2019 issue. GreenerThoughts wants to hear your story. You can choose to self-nominate or nominate an individual who exhibits environmental stewardship and supports the environment. You work hard in the environmental field, in either an organization or company. Either way, let GreenerThoughts know. If you want to tell your story and be in for a unique surprise, please be sure to send your 200-word essay to the email address Podcast. At gmail.com. So, we are in the Eco Company Spotlight segment. And so, um, I love this segment uh, really because I get to tell you all um, about some of the companies that really mean a lot to me. And as always, if you have any product or service that happens to be environmentally friendly and that you've created, and uh, you've made, you can definitely uh, reach out on Greener Thoughts and let me know about it and so I can review it and uh, get the word out there about it. And uh, I love doing this. I've been doing uh, the reviews and whatnot for products for some time and uh, I love, love, love it. And one of my um, latest favorite companies is Aid Through Trade. Aid Through Trade is amazing and it was I'm one of the founding members of the Fair Trade Federation. And Aid Through Trade was started all the way back in 1993 by a former Peace Corps uh, volunteer. And Aid the Trade uh, is the only authorized provider of Fair Trade roll-on bracelets. Uh, Aid the Trade is one of the leaders also in the Fair Trade fashion industry. And they employ over 200 female artisans in Nepal. Their mission, of course, is to bring fair trade to the fashion world through design of beautiful jewelry. And their vision is also to empower the lives of women through ethical, fair, and also sustainable employment. Now, if you're interested in doing wholesales or um, looking into information about that, you can check out their website, aidthroughtrade.com, and then click on wholesale under the tab uh, menu. Aid Through Trade has different products like their iconic and um, world-renowned product that's their roll-on bracelet. is totally theirs, trademarked and everything. And they also have their earrings in different styles as in dangle uh, earrings, hoops, studs, and also tassel earrings. Uh, be sure to call them at 410-266-8857. You can also email them at info at aidthroughtrade.com. You can mail them at their Maryland address, Go Maryland, um, at uh, 626C, so 626C, uh, Admiral Drive, uh, number 606, Annapolis, Maryland, zip code 21401. And my experience of a trade has been a wonderful one. I'm still wearing their bracelet about three years later, and I love, love it. And um, I take the time to take care of things that matter. And so fair trade items will always be precious to me because I know that they're handmade and totally top quality, and they give back in several different ways. And I fell in love first with the color. I got the purple one. Which I don't think on their site is available anymore because I got it a few years back, and I had it in my mind to um, look on the site again recently because I I know that the tag on it slipped off, and so I was wondering what the name of it was, and so I typed in a few keywords of it like brolon bracelet colorful, and I found it, and so I was like, yeah, I'm going to talk about this in uh, the eco company segment in the spotlight, so. I was like, someone else has to know about the greatness of this bracelet. And um, it has beautiful designs. Of course, you can look at them on their website. Its purpose is amazing, all because it is fair trade and does wonders for the women of Nepal. Um, And I recommend it for um, giving as a gift, a present at a special occasion or something. Um, any other event or holiday, even, you know, the holiday season is coming up, um, here in the United States. And, uh, you could also buy it for yourself cause it's pretty cute. And, uh, like I said, they make really great presents, uh, presents, um, for, uh, the holiday season, which is coming up really soon. So, um, aid through trade products can be found online on their website, of course, aid through trade. Um, And then also amazon.com and last thing, ebay.com, but those are available in limited quantities only. Uh, Aid Through Trade is on the following social media platforms of Facebook at Aid Through Trade, Instagram at aid underscore through underscore trade. Uh, They're also on LinkedIn at Aid Through Trade. They're on Pinterest at Aid Through Trade. They're also on Twitter at a Through trade and also YouTube at a Through trade all lowercase, one word. Last thing for you all is to go ahead and contact a Through trade if you want to know more at a tradecom is their website again. And then you can click under uh, join us at the top of their webpage or you can click uh, contact us under uh, help at the bottom of, a, of their webpage to um, fill out their message form so um thank you all for of course listening in this uh, podcast episode was very informational and I love talking about uh, all things seafood and one of my favorite things to eat salmon of course and uh you know be sure to share this podcast episode if you love salmon you know so much and you know maybe you're thinking about you know, slowing eating of it because the viruses information creeped you out. You know, really scary pictures on that journal article. Let me just tell you that right now. Or if you may be um, a pescatarian or know someone who is or trying to be, you know, let them know this information so that they can make more informed decisions. Because being a pescatarian is about, you know, eating the range of different foods, um, mainly of seafood, of course, and, you know, getting those plants and veggies and fruits in there so you have that balanced diet which will keep you healthy so uh, this uh, podcast episode was really fun really informative so i try and make them as always Um, and so i hope you enjoyed it Uh, so be on the lookout for the next podcast episode coming up really soon but until then you all take care bye